Warning. The following podcast is stagier than usual and contains spoilers about the musical Wicked. You're listening to the West End Frame Show. Hello and welcome to an emergency episode of the West End Frame Show. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins. And for today's emergency episode, I have an incredible emergency co-host by my side. Um, You know her, but having spent many years writing for the stage, including five years as deputy editor, she is the founding editor of one of the UK's top theatre websites, musicaltheatrereview.com, which is in its 10th anniversary year. Congratulations. She also worked in Musicals (laughs) Magazine, My Theatre Mates, and I am so grateful that she has found time to squeeze me in this evening to do an emergency podcast. It's good to see her isn't it <laughs> welcome to the West End Frame Show Dame Shistress Lisa Martland <laughs> hello I, I'm, I'm so pleased to be back so soon after my last I know. <laughs> oh speed my friend you're, you're being little yeah. wizarded gosh the wicked part your listeners are gonna say what her again <laughs> the tonight's game is every time I do a wicked pun you've got to do a shot <laughs> I just decided to think how where I was going to find some shots in my living room. <laughs> so cheers, th- cheers, cheers! I've also got a coat. Cheers. So there's a very important reason why we're here today, um, doing this very kind of off the cuff podcast. Basically, mm. on Tuesday this week, <laughs> Lisa and I went to see some little show called Wicked at the Apollo Victoria Theatre because it was uh, we went to see a truly historic and magnificent momentous performance on Tuesday evening which saw well it was big for a couple of reasons wasn't it first Mm. of all Alexia Kadeem who is one of the you know old school West End Elphabers who first played the role for six months whilst Carrie Ellis was on Broadway I think that's 2008 time um, and then she later returned in May 2009 and played Alphaba all the way through to March 2010 before Rachel Tucker joined the show. She returned to Wicked after 13 years um, to reprise her performance as Alphaba alongside West End star Lucy St. Louis, who was joining Wicked as Glinda, um, and we and it was her kind of debut performance. And this was a momentous moment for Wicked because this is the first time that we've had two black actors, two people of colour, playing those two leading roles in the show alongside Ryan Reed, who was also extending his contract and is still with the show. So it meant you had three black performers in those three leading roles. And obviously an incredible moment, right, Lisa? Because this is a show that is about a character being ostracized for how she looks, for the color of her skin, for being green. Mm. So it kind of seems crazy that it's taken this long. This show started a long, long time ago. So the fact that it's taken all this time to get here and we should say Lucy's the first ever person of colour to play this role in the West End Mm. Um, and Alexia was originally the first and only black performer 
to play Alphaba um, in the West End. And we still haven't seen a black performer play the role on Broadway, which is mad. Well, I'm, and I was really surprised because you are my go-to, you know, encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to Wicked. So I was asking you lots of questions about <laughs> that. And um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy for any show, for any long-running big hit musical, but for one that sort of discusses um, prejudice view and, and why that is wrong at its core... It seems crazy um, that it's taken this long for there to be two black actresses playing the lead roles. And we were talking about it on the night and saying, you know, it feels right. It feels um, important that this has happened. But it, we weren't really kind of when we were discussing it celebratory about it because we thought it's a, it's kind of like, you know, we're glad it's happened. But why, why, has, why did it not happen before? It seems so late in the game. Thank yeah. goodness now. Hope, hopefully this is a sign that you know, finally the producers are sort of taking note. But yeah. you were saying, I think, that it was, you know, during lockdown that the whole debate took a, you know, went up another level. But Well, obviously, it, yeah, during yeah. lockdown, there's lots of discussions about representation, wasn't there? And Black yeah. Lives Matter was happening and a lot of people in our industry were hurting and were talking about their experiences and yeah. um like wicked i mean it's not the only show there's there's tons of shows in the west end these long-running yeah. shows who cast roles a certain way yeah. and aren't considering the talent i mean because you're telling me that in over 15 years in you know that this show's been running there isn't has been a single person of color a single black performer who would be the best person for that job. Um, no, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's it is ridiculous. It's taken this long. I mean, you know, in 2023, and the fact that you, as you said, you first saw um, Alexia um, as Alphabet when you were, you know, a young lad. Um, and... <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if I was described <laughs> as a young lad before, but sure. <laughs> I went into like kind a of... A little boy. Of, um, I went into sort of Charlotte Bronte territory there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that here we are as i can't remember what, how many you said how many years it was between well, i'm just looking yeah. i've just seen it in 2008 so let me yeah. do the math whilst you that's 15 years is it is that 15, 15 years ago yeah so how old am i now 28 minus 15 so i was 13 yeah so for that you know in all that time it's just yeah. you know it's, it's it's hard to believe as you say that there, there has been you know there's no way there haven't been <laughs> the talent hasn't been in the room that yeah. and I know that you know uh, we also discussed how you know particularly um Glinda was described you know um as a as a character you know for casting yeah they didn't when, actually when so we had Brittany Johnson who played the role on Broadway recently yes and she worked her way up from understudy to standby to lead and I believe that before Brittany was was kind of in place as Glinda the breakdown, the casting breakdown for Glinda was a white actress. Yeah, yeah. So they weren't literally considering anyone else for that role. But that's just, you know, that doesn't make any sense anymore, does it? I mean, no sense. Doesn't, because we're talking about really a show. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, know. it makes no sense because you're talking about a show that is set in a magical world called Oz, where you have witches who fly around and cast spells exactly. and stuff. Like, the whole thing is make-believe. But also, it was, like, interesting, because I was watching Wicked on Tuesday with a very fresh perspective. We're going to go into it in detail. But like, you know how you have men wearing dresses, mm. you have all these different costumes 
And like in many ways, it was so ahead of its time and, yeah. and so inclusive. So it's a shame. But look, I'm really happy that we could have made this move and other shows need to take note. And yes, to see these two incredibly talented performers who should be playing these roles because of their talent and their ability to see their yes. first night was so electric. Well, that's important to point out, isn't it? It's not just about, I mean, we're talking a lot about how historic it was on the night and how groundbreaking it is and how it should be happening, which is true. But on the upshot of that is the fact that they deserve to be there. A hundred percent. And we're going to tell because, you why. Yeah. We're going to delve into every nook and Andrew's cranny. going to tell you why. And I'm going to say yes and okay a lot. <laughs> um, but it was also... The reason, one of the reasons I'm having to do so much the podcast is this was a really special night for me on a personal yeah. level because I have mentioned this before, but... I, growing up, liked theatre, okay? And I liked doing acting classes and stuff and doing shows. And I would go to the theatre a couple of times a year, right? And I would always enjoy it and it was a lovely thing to do. But it wasn't until I saw Wicked with Alexia Kadeem, which was my first alphabet, that I really, truly realised and understood the power of theatre and what it could do for you. And I really remember latching on to Alexia's performance. I was taken on her journey. I related to that character. I could, I, I loved The Wizard of Oz, so the whole story was enthralling and exciting. And also, the best bit, I had never really heard someone belt in my face before, right? Mm. I'd never heard someone belt. And I mean, to hear Alexia sing the score again live before my eyes, just reminded me what I heard that night because she has such an incredible voice and can do such powerful things with it. And I think it leads an impression, but also her whole performance leaves such an impression. So, you know, Wicked's moved on and there's been all sorts of other alphas that have been since. And I only saw Alexia once and I never thought I would have okay, that so moment again. again. I mean, to go back, kind of see a, see a performer give a performance that you saw them give about 15 years ago yeah I mean, what when does that happen when do you get a chance to I do mean, that I mean it doesn't that, happen it's such so a rare thing. surreal it's so surreal yeah. I remember you know Carrie Ellis returned to Wicked and that was a massive deal and Rachel Tucker returned to Wicked but that was after much smaller windows you know yeah so the you probably fact... thought there was never any chance of seeing her again. No, honestly, I never. And I, I love following her career and I, I've loved seeing Alexia do all sorts of incredible jobs because she hasn't stopped working, um, particularly in like, you know, Book of Mormon and Prince of Egypt and she has a fabulous happening in Les Mis. But I never thought I'd see her play Alphabara again. So it was essentially reliving. It was deep. And I feel stupid saying this and some people might be rolling their eyes, but it sitting there I was reliving the thing and one of the key people that made me fall in love with theatre and without that experience like genuinely may not be sat here today mm, do you know what I mean yeah. I, having I don't think I think that's I, I think that's right I mean I don't think that's silly at all I don't and if anyone should roll their eyes shame on them because you know we have these like huge moments in our lives and you know experiences we have as young people that sort of help shape our lives moving forward and I think for both of us, you know, theatre was, you know, huge and, and sort of kind of life-changing at that kind of age. And that influenced us as we grew up. And we're just, we've both been fortunate in the fact that, you know, professionally, we've been able to kind of connect with that as well as just go to the theatre as a regular theatre go. And, and, you know, it gave us a passion 
early on in life and we've been very fortunate that we've kept that and nurtured it so yeah it's a, it's a it, it sort of helps shape you as a person it's like I said to you on like Tuesday night when people dismiss the arts as you know just sort of fancies and fripperies they should take note of the kind of effect it has on on young people's development and core being amen really, yes 100 so so but it was really lovely being there with you I felt it was a really special thing to sit alongside you reliving that kind of that that was such a sort of huge thing for you did you catch any tears did you catch any tears yeah I did see you wipe away a few and I who who wouldn't you know I I mean I think again it's it's like that's again what the arts do you know they put you in that sea and you're suddenly faced with something and obviously we've all been we're fortunate we go quite often and we've all been to things where you know they haven't had that effect you know actually the ones that have that kind of deep founded effect they're not you know there's a smaller number obviously yeah but you know some of they take you somewhere because um i won't go on about this now but you know it's just uh, with guys and dolls opening at the bridge the fact that nicholas heitner's last musical was carousel at the national and i remember sitting along my side my father who got me into musical theater watching the opening of that show and us both mm. looking at each other's about how magical it is. It takes you, these things take you back to places often that are very emotional. So mm. it was, yeah, it was a privilege to sit next to you and have you reliving that again. And, you know, it was wonderful. And I was intentionally, I intentionally booked very similar seats. I don't know what seats are sat in originally, but no. I, I can picture the view. So I intentionally yeah. booked very similar seats. So I was literally yeah. reliving that experience. I remember when I, when I saw it for the first time on that day, I remember Defying Gravity happened and I hadn't, I wasn't able to process what was going on. And I remember just being sat, just sitting there, unable to speak. Like I didn't understand mm. what had just happened. I didn't understand yeah. the feeling that I had. And and it, it really was a big moment. <laughs> but this night on it Tuesday, no. on Tuesday, I walked out the Apollo Victoria and there's part of me that was like, I could happily never go to theatre ever again because nothing will ever compare to that experience. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, on Wednesday I was back at the theatre the day after for a press night. But exactly. there's very few experiences that I've had like that where I literally yeah. leave the theatre and go, okay, I'm good now. Like, I'm yeah. good. Nothing will compare to that. So should we get into it? We'll get into it, yeah, sorry. So let's yeah. start off. Lucy St. Louis, who i am obsessed with right i was telling you i have seen so many of the shows that she's done because interestingly she has a connection to alexia she originally understudied alexia kadeem in the original west end production of the book of mormon and interestingly i saw her when she went on for alexia i went to one of her oh, wow. performances so i saw her just as she was starting out then um she then went into the West End production of Beautiful as a Shirelle. I saw her in that. She was fabulous. She was then Diana Ross in uh, the West End production of Motown the Musical. And again, I mean, that could not be any more different from Wicked. Mm. Um, you know, belting for days in this lovely, like, mixy place, I guess. But she was stunning in that role. And we did a lovely interview back in the day then. And I remember thinking, gosh, she's so gorgeous and amazing and lovely and really special. You know, you just tell some people that they've yeah. got a special energy about them. I really got that from her. Um, then she was covering in Man of La Mancha and I believe she, you know, wanted to take her career in this kind of soprano-y place. And I remember there was a video of her on Instagram at a concert at Adele's singing, I think it was All I Ask of You from Phantom and people saying how stunning that was. 
And then in the pandemic, it was announced mm. that she was joining the West End production of the Bantam of the Opera as Christine. And like, she's the first black Linda and she was the first black Christine. Christine. Um, and I think she worked so hard for that role. She put everything into it. And I went to see her do it and I was really moved. Her performance in that was so graceful and so thought out. And again, they had, we can talk about the design of Wicked and everything, but they had slightly different wigs and they just made some stunning changes for her that just you know were just perfect and complemented everything so well and was so eye-opening and inspiring and just wonderful so she was incredible as Christine and there's a few Glinders that have gone to come from that kind of Christine to Glinda pipeline I'm looking at you Gina Beck but there's a few people out there on the <laughs> studies and things who've done that same kind of pathway so it made total sense for her to come into Wicked that it's a very different role. And also, do you know what? Normally I would avoid a first night. I don't think it's fair to go in a cast like opening no. couple of weeks. Um, so the fact that she basically gave the most beautiful, stunning, well thought out performance on her opening night is incredible. And I can't imagine to begin to think of the places she's going to take this performance. Just thinking a few months when yeah. it's settled. Oh my gosh, it's going to be killer. But she really got me. And do you know what? Sorry, I will let you talk in a second. It, watching her Glinda, it was so fresh. Her interpretation was so fresh and so new and so different that it got me. So because I am a repeat offender. <laughs> really? <laughs> I see Wicked, you know, semi-regularly. I There's sometimes maybe there are some bits that I've like, like just zoned out of a little bit because, you know, I know what happens. Uh, other bits might grab my attention more than others, if I'm honest, because I've seen it lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of times. But I was hanging off every line that she was delivering, every word. And I really noticed some subtle changes in her portrayal of Glinda. Like, her Glinda, Glinda was almost like more sweet and innocent early on. And then as we saw the progression, she still brought so much heart to it so I'm talking about like when there's the cat fight scene in Act Two, you have Glinda and Elphaba, they reunite and Nessa has just been, you know, just been killed and Elphaba kind of spoiler. suspects. Sorry, spoiler, Soz. And um, <laughs> Elphaba's sister's been killed and Elphaba's really angry at Glinda. And then Glinda brings up the fact that Elphaba has done some bad things to her as well, including stealing her man, <laughs> taking Fiera away yeah. and basically having an affair <laughs> with her man behind her back and she's her best friend um and she normally the glinders do that in quite a sassy way lucy did it in such an emotional way that then when alpha then laughs in her face um it's like savage it just completely shifted Chaser, the dynamic chemistry. of that scene and that was so yeah. electric to see so exciting to see um, but everything she said seemed so spontaneous and so thought through and so new and it was a breath of fresh air and it was just a stunning performance and a stunning progression and I was so excited and I can't wait to go back and see her again. I was, well, with both of the lead actresses, considering that's the first time they'd done it in that, on that first night, it was, the quality that was just first class, you just couldn't believe it was like their first night, particularly... I was really impressed with because I haven't seen her, Lucy, sort of in as many shows as you have. But, you know, when I have seen her, it's been slightly more serious, like in more recent times. Whereas I just thought that once she got going, her comedy timing 
was really impressive as well. Being popular is, and that's one of the difficult things about Wicked is there's so many numbers that you know off by heart. So it's quite hard to get those out of your head sometimes. And I thought popular was really great and her chemistry and how lighthearted sort of comic timing and that was really um, on point. And once she got yeah. going after that, it was, she seemed to settle for me watching it even more after that yeah and then wasn't that act to open up thank goodness just divine i thought oh uh, the acting as well because it must be on the first night you're thinking about all the technical issues and you're thinking about you know i mean i know they're west end experienced west end performers but you must be thinking about all those things and getting the notes right and everything like that but there was no like dip in quality of their acting either you really you know you're really believing it every step of the way and you're really believing in their chemistry and you know the dynamic between them as well um yeah at the beginning of that two she was just well on her way then and and also i love the point you make about that difference in the dynamic because i think i may be seeing the show what four or five times maybe over a stretch of years and there was a softness to the way she played her role that i'm not sure i'd seen before like I, I've, I've watched it before i'm really not always I haven't really minded that Glinda gets cheat, you know, like the the way the show goes for that character. I've yeah, been in, Al, in the Alphaba camp. Can the, yeah, you know, I think, but I think maybe be. that's like the comedy. I think maybe to get loved, you can sacrifice the heart of Glinda. But I feel yeah, like Lucy really mastered the comedy and the heart. Yeah. She really, yeah, you, she really made you feel for her. Yeah, there was a vulnerability there. Um, when those, you know, all those dramatic things happened to her in, in Act Two, and you really felt the love, you know, you, you, yeah, you, but I, I really felt there was a, she still obviously, you know, there were things she did, which, you, you know, which the character does, which you're not on her side for, but I think with both of, of them, the, I guess, with both of them, absolutely, with both of them, but this one more than ever, I was switch, I felt that softness and vulnerability. I, I believed in in that more. I think in this in more in more than any other time I've seen it. I think. Yeah, it yeah. totally shifted, and then honestly, thank goodness for me was just so stunning because we got gorgeous soprano, and then there's that big belt note that Glinda does, and she. I mm. mean, it just went through me. I felt that it was so yeah. powerful. Um, Lucy St. Louis kind of power yeah. belt just coming out of nowhere and just blowing us away. Um, well, that's that what was... you were talking about when you were, you know, when you were talking about how you how it made you feel when you first saw it. Mm. You know that that was those are the kind of some some of the bits in the show where I I really felt the goosebumps. I really felt the tears welling up. But you almost some, sometimes don't feel that coming because the music does that to you. That because of the way it's being the music itself and the way it's been written, but also the way it's being performed, you know something's hitting with you. It's like a physical reaction in a way. Mm. I just, I truly, I have so much respect for her. I just, I can tell that she's such a hardworking performer, and mm. is putting everything into it. And I just think she's going to become so iconic in that role. I'm so excited to see her again. Oh, yeah. I mean, as you, as you said, exactly. If she pulls that off on the first performance, it, it can only go from strength to strength. And I loved um, you, you um, put some footage on social media of the, of the curtain call when they came out. And I don't know if it's the angle you were at, but when, when they took their first bout and then they looked at each other to go for the hug, 
she was really, I mean, they were both, you know, wow. But she, Lucy was particularly emotional. And I just thought it really, you know, it made me feel weepy because I thought you've got a lot of weight on your shoulders. There's a lot going on with you on that first performance. And there must be relief and excitement at the same time. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, also, a, be- I mean, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. And it was, that was <laughs> history, you know, and that's, that's yeah. heavy to carry with you. Yeah, I there's think, almost like an extra load because of that, I think. Yeah, It's heavy. And like you said, like, you know how you said it's, we're saying, oh, it's Wicked History. It's the first time this has happened. It's, it's, but it's also a reminder of what hasn't happened in the past yeah. and that we have had poor representation. Yeah. And she's had to carry that from Phantom where everyone's talking about that as well. The first black actor to play yeah. Christine. And our first black actor to play Linda. And that's heavy. It's a lot. A lot of um, responsibility to take on yeah, your it's shoulders. Kind of, it's, unf- it's unfair, basically. It is unfair. Like she's, she, it, it's not, it's not right. So she I'm glad she's got Alexia it. by her side actually, because I wasn't aware because you, as I say, are my encyclopedia of the the you know the, the length of their relationship on stage relationship mm. in in a way the and history you know there, yeah. the history they have there so you know they they're living it together she looked stunning and if you've seen the production photos lucy yeah. has the same wigs that all the other actors who have played the role of yeah. had um but actually on the night she had different wigs yeah um and some stunning wigs like it looked, oh my gosh, it was so cool. And just so cool to see something different as well. Yeah. Um, she just looked amazing. And I'm so pleased because, you know, when we were talk- like in that period of Black Lives Matter and all those conversations were happening, there was so much talk from people of colour and from black performers talking about hair, talking about wigs, talking about that side of design and how little knowledge there is about black hair and about the kind of wigs and things. Like to kind of see a black performer playing Glinda and to see wigs representing their hair and showing a different look and representing them was so positive to see. And you just got to think about the children and the young people and the next generation of young black talent who can see that standard of black excellence yeah. looking like that on stage is just you know life-changing isn't it yeah well wicked has always been one of those shows that has and i think did lucy, lucy jones talk about this in her podcast with you that you know about one of the things that keeps you going in the role is when you come out to stage door you know and those young people say oh you know this has changed my life or i i see myself in in your character it's made me have more confidence it's given me a role model and everything and that's when we were talking you know a few weeks ago was about the Adina Menzel documentary she said exactly the same thing and you know this is a role like well you know these roles both of them in Wicked um they mean more than just you know just the sort of you know the words on the page to young people well how great now that those those young you know, those young people can go along and see these two in these roles. I mean, it's huge, you mm. know. Oh Th- there's going to be a lot of people who that's going to be a momentous evening too. It's so emotional. It's totes emotion. Alexia Kadim. Oh. Well, my... I'm just going to go, I'm just going to like, lay back now and take and, and, and just, <laughs> just have a little rest. First well, of all, I, I leave you to it. She had the audacity, <laughs> right, to run on that stage 12, it was 13 years later, looking like she'd never left. I looking know. Looking like what? she just jumped out of a time machine. I know. She looks identical. Her. On Instagram, she posts like before and after photos she of like then and now. There. 
and you can't yeah. it's like can you show me two photos spot the difference but I could not tell you which was now which was then she looks exactly the same and also because the human voice evolves and change constantly mm. right and I'd be so interested to one day talk to her about all of that sort yeah. of stuff yeah um but she sounded the same I mean because she has a really special voice I think I love her voice and she it sounded like she was tackling the score in a very similar way so she ran out to huge applause right yeah she ran out and got a really warm response and then she hit the ground running and I thought her alphabet was really kooky I thought she was angry, but also kind of fun at times. And she got some good laughs in that word. Like in that very first scene, she got some good laughs. As it went yeah. through to popular, she got some good laughs. Um, in uh, the, you know, um, Loathing with Glinda, she got some good voice. She like, did the mm. voice mimic and stuff. Um, just when they're about to go off to the Emerald City, she played. Every, she was hitting all of these beats, right? It was like she remembered exactly what she needed to do and exactly how to get that audience on side. And her performance was really profound really thought through and then in that two she just became she grew into a woman I thought I thought her yeah. alphabet really matured and maybe that's where there's the most kind of progression from before but you, yeah. you saw a whole a whole spectrum of emotions and it really built to a massive crescendo and no good deeds but we'll come on to that in a second so Wizard and I first number I thought that it was everything and I you know she found like she has a way of manipulating her voice and that one it was like so kind of young and she was you know she was so excited but she was so like sharp and boom 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 and doing little kind of flicks in there and it just sounded great and it built up to an amazing end I think we I well if I'm honest I was crying the whole way through the wisdom eye (laughs) Just, just. But I can, that's the first big number that she sings, isn't it? And <laughs> that must have taken you back. I was, I was so like... overwhelmed, but I thought it was great. I mean, it was great, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I mean, I, I, you know, had she been away? I mean, you yeah. know, it just felt, it just felt like she just, she had it. They had the confidence from the off. I mean, she may have not felt that inside, but it was a very she smooth transition from from thirteen years, you know, previous and um. Yeah, she And she they was whacked up that volume away. for that ending, which I love. And then I'm not that girl. I think you looked at me, I'm not that girl was really raw, wasn't it? And she really yeah. acted incredibly well through that. Yeah. So vulnerable. Yeah, you, yeah, she did. But I think maybe the difference that that will come and it and I think you obviously spied it on that first performance. Um and it will come more as she settles in, is life experience. Is, is the fact that, you know, there has been over 10 years in between. And so she'll bring things, as any performer will, that have happened to her in her life and, you know, over the last 10 years or so and connect with the emotion of the story in a slightly more mature way. You know, you can't but help bring those things with you. And so perhaps some of the things you're spying in it, you know, that that curve of life that, that you know, she couldn't have experienced 13 years ago will make it an even more fully rounded portrayal. And I think mm. you could spy that even on the first performance. Yeah. But I mean, the, the vocals of the two, I mean, you know, of the two, I mean, I almost at one point just thought this is like listening to like, you know, some kind of recording. Yeah, you know, like you, when you've got your, ste- you know, when you've got your stereo, your headphones on or you're in the car or whatever and you're listening and it's like crystal clear. 
I was thinking, you know, you could almost have, I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting this least, I know they were singing live, but you know, but you know, it was all, sometimes Scandalous, I was thinking, Lisa. No, 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 I was just thinking, wowzers, this is like, the, the lead vocal, I mean, they were off the chart, really. Well, Defying Gravity, I... Yeah, that made me cry. I, you were crying all the time, but I was particularly crying during that one. <laughs> but she, Alexia, performed Defying Gravity with every bone and every inch of her body. Like, everything went into it. It was uh, it was like something took over her. And you saw, yeah. I mean, obviously that's a huge transformation moment for the character. She's realising that everything she's wanted has all been for a lie and that she is going to stand up for what is right and going to take this massive risk and leave everything that she knows and loves behind and that she's got to do it because that's what's the right... You know, it's this huge moment of realisation and you could see every thought and she just put everything into it. So whilst giving us these, you know, this posture and these movements and this acting, then just the most sublime vocals. And then when she flew and she soared at the end... I mean, I've forgotten that was when I was really reminded about her belt and how unique her belt is. And even on notes that are, you know, not like a high belt, she can just make them sound so thick and so strong. Um, And then that top F was just effortless. The most perfect top F ever. Like she, she can just do anything and it sounded easy. And all those bring me downs at the end were fully sustained. Mm, it was just, yeah. it was just, n- nothing was cut short. No, there was no, there's no shortcuts. It was full out with feeling and her voice just sounded so strong and so powerful. And it really, really was incredible. I can't um, imagine what that, the, when you're in a show and there's a huge number like that, which people are waiting for, and it's all on you to deliver it. I just, I can't, I know that's their job, but I can't imagine I what the kind I of know. pressure of that, 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 of that act, you know, that act one closer, because everybody's waiting for it. And then even that last bit, which I won't try and do. Uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. I'm glad I let you do that. Um, I, I would never be forgiven if I'd attempted that. And I, I just, so there's that huge pressure on you and she did not disappoint I mean, first performance again, um, I mean, that literally brought me to tears. I mean, that as it builds to that crescendo. And also, I think it's it's important to remember that she doesn't lose track of the character. You know, no. you could just, you could belt that out, couldn't you, and, 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 and hit it and be so involved in the technique of the song. But you kind of, you were believing that was, you know... Um, that was Alphaba's journey that, you know, that crunch point had come where she had to make a decision about what to do, the realisation of what was happening around her and how she had to react to that. And that's all built into the lyrics of that song and the singing and why it's sung the way it's sung. And you've got all of that in the way she did it, you know, how that will be in a in a few weeks' time, a few months' time. But you then... Know, be remarkable. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, and I mean, I was left speechless... I think for me, the highlight of the entire night was No Good Deed in Act Two. Mm. That was truly extraordinary. Level. And honestly, Lisa, I'd never seen, I've never seen anything like it ever. She sang that song with tears. She was we- weeping, Streaming yeah. down her face, like streaming, like the green makeup was running. <laughs> Poor but makeup artist. I can't tell you like what that image was, you know, when she's in some of those, that, the lighting design, 
the way it illuminates alphabet at certain parts and that song because the song goes big and it goes raw and big and raw and the lighting design very much reflects that it's grand and it's focused and it's spotlights mm. and it's kind of lighting from different angles it's so clever and like the way it looked with the C and alphabet with that much emotion I just don't know and also imagine crying your eyes out and then sounding like that and there was not no, a yeah. bum note you know everything was plot on um, you know, the big Fiero bit in the middle got a huge applause from the audience. When she came up, she got a huge applause. But yeah, she acted through that did. song and then she really stripped it back and go, let all of us be agreed. I'm wicked through and through. And then um, from there, she kind of <laughs> brought some vibrato in and it was just like fierce and mature. And then that last note, there was some grit and there was a slide and her whole body kind of slid with the note and she kind of just like moved yeah. into she it. She was like possessed. She was present, and I was as well. I mean, I mean, that was just next level. So good. I couldn't believe what was happening. It sounded so good, but it looked so good and you felt it and the tears were there. And oh, it was, it was, it was, I mean, give a, give her awards. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was almost like she... It's, you know, there'd been a huge build-up and, and she was just letting it all out. So she was sticking, obviously, to the character and what the, the character's sort of arc. But there was almost like this huge amount of emotion and tension that, that built up in her and she was able to release that in that, in that you know, really important, mo you know, moment. And it was kind of like off the scale. And I also thought she, we talked about this afterwards, but I also thought... Um, she brought a certain individual individuality, you know, she put her stamp on what she was doing, even though that show is, you know, it's set to a certain extent. But I really felt in that moment there was a real sort of, you know, distinctiveness about how she how she went about it. And um, it was sort of quite eye, eye opening. There was some, you know, there was and that was throughout the whole performance. There was a sort of, like you said, a quirkiness and an individuality and a grit as well and an edginess as it got into act two that yeah. I hope you know I hope that's not suppressed at any point because I think it really brings you know as you said and you've seen the show many times and you said how fresh you were surprised about how fresh it was on the night and that's down to those kind of touches and I I hope you know she 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 keeps she's able to keep all of that in you know mm. it's so hard because with these long-running shows they yeah it, it's it's difficult because they see their you know, often we can't talk for anybody baby. but often I think there's an ingredients as to what they think makes success <laughs> Um, yeah. But actually, like I say, look at Six, which is encouraging individuality and encouraging cast members to come in with their own interpretations of roles, and that keeps it living and breathing. It doesn't mean that the show's going to stop running. Does no, it? and this was the most because right. I think as an audience member, you you want to see an actor kind of finding their truth and doing their thing, and and I think that's a really powerful thing. And obviously, there's lights that are in certain places, so you need to be stood in a certain place for a certain beat. But I really hope that they that Wicked allow this pair to yeah. do their thing with it and to keep it fresh because it, there, was, there was no signs of tiredness that it was fresh and it was alive and breathing. And I think maybe that was one of the most exciting things for me. And that culminated with For Good when they both stood there. Oh. And again, like Alexia, when she sung, because Lucy was quite like emotional, I think, and 
was quite re- almost like refined. And then when Alpha, when Alexia came and did her verse, she leaned in so close, mm-hmm. like so close to Glinda. And she just took her under her arm and she was meaning every word. And it was a really profound moment. Mm-hmm. And that really got me like everything about that performance was just next level, but it kind of all came together beautifully in that song. And the ending was heartbreaking mm-hmm. and, you know, Lucy is Glinda up in the bubble, kind of doing that final speech to the Aussians and uh, Alexia's Elphaba spawning off, you know, knowing that she can never tell Glinda she's alive. I mean, the whole thing from beginning to end just got me and it was unforgettable and moving and emotional on so many levels. I feel emotional Mm. now. I think I think when it gets to for good for me, it's sort of you, you feel all the kind of universal themes of the show, sort of that you connect with all the way through. But for me, when it gets to for good, that it really sort of that's when it all chimes in because it, it all sort of wraps up for me about how you know the core of the show is about ostracizing sorry someone for someone being different, whatever makes you different. You know, in, in the show, it's it's maybe her powers, her magic, her colour, her you know, skin, she looks different. But for me, when it gets to that point, it's about, well, why do we do that? And wouldn't kindness and love and, and, that, and, and approaching it that way and, and understanding, wouldn't that be easier and be the right way to do? you know, approach difference. Why are we why are we ostracizing? Why are we why are we showing this prejudice? And it all kind of for me wraps up in that kind of for good moment when they're sort of thanking each other and apologizing to each other and sharing their love. And that's a real sort of beautiful moment in the show. And um they yeah, they they did it perfectly really. It was it was lovely. I agree. I everything you said said that. And I mean, you're right, with representation well, with the the way Alpha's treated and all that sort of things, but then also I think the show makes so many points politically that in these times, but about yeah. you know, a, a, could it be more relevant? A public at the figure who's putting out propaganda and doing questions, like the whole Absolutely. thing, is so relevant. And that's what I mean, like it's ahead of its time, and and the costumes and the you know the male identifying yeah, people I mean, wearing dresses, and it's just like well, those are both really important points. Well, no, no, that's really. I mean, both of those are really spot on. First of all, because it's irrelevant. It's completely relevant. What you said about you know, I didn't even really think too much about that. But what you say about corrupt politicians, and you know, putting out you know, well, haven't we had plenty of that in the last however many years? And also, you know, how we're treating people that are different with the migrant immigration stuff that's going on at the moment. You could take it to even you know, that level, yeah. but, you know, as well. But also what you say about it aesthetically is, you know, when I was taken, I hadn't seen it. I, I think the last time I saw it was with Rachel Tucker. We talked about that. Just after about, the about, anniversary. So about, 20, about 2016. And, you know, it's looking production-wise pretty pretty super. And, and it is kind of also looking still very contemporary in that way. So as we said at the beginning, it's strange that that seems really you know, ahead of its time still, and wonderful. I mean, because we had quite, we were very close when you felt four rows back, you know, you're taking in how it looks and the costumes and the, you know, the the wigs and everything. And that seems really still quite contemporary. As you know, obviously, but they were a bit, they were pretty much behind in some of the casting issues. Um, 
but yeah, it's it, unfortunately in some ways it's it's as relevant as it ever was. Yeah, well, it's just <laughs> like Stephen Schwartz's music, Winnie Holtzman's book, Jermantello's yeah. direction. It still stands strong, and there's a reason Wicked, why it's still there. Wicked is an incredible show, and in the old, if you followed West End Frame right in the olden days when it was the theatre website, I think you would know that I was Wicked obsessed because I was <laughs> doing as much Wicked coverage as possible. But I think in the last few years, even the podcast, like you know, it's all about six, six, six. <laughs> I think maybe some people <laughs> might not realise. Some people might not realise the levels of my Wicked obsession. Um, but I think basically what I'm saying is get ready because <laughs> strike yourselves in because I'm back. <laughs> I'm just going to say like in the, in the sort of, I don't know what stage it was, whether it was in the interval at the end, but I saw that look on your face and I thought, and, and I just thought, oh no, I, I, I can, I, that's an emergency podcast look if ever I saw one. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, five minutes on the West End Frame show, it's just not gonna do it. It's yeah, I said do... my issue was, as I said, Lisa, how am I? Because obviously, normally on the West End Frame show, minutes? I have about five minutes per show in conversation with a with somebody <laughs> to kind of sum up what it was like to see a show. And I said, we'll just do a half hour podcast. <laughs> and we've kind of surpassed half an hour. But I said, I said, I need to talk about this. And also the response that I had on the West End Frame channels. So it's like wicked therapy. But the response that I had on the West End Frame channels was through the roof as well. Like people want to talk about it. People want to hear about yeah. it. So I was yeah. like, we'll have to do a podcast. Um, yeah, we should no. say the ensemble yes, then, was like yeah. showing you people on the ensemble. And that yeah. was their first show. Shout out. And oh my gosh, they were so sharp and so fierce. They were, yeah, because we were so close. We were so close. To, and I was watching over and there was no one. They were in it. They were, they were, they were in it and on it. They were. Yeah. You had Ryan yeah. Reed, who's still dancing through life as Fierro and is so slick and is so charming. You have Mark Curry, who's just returned as the wonderful Wizard of Oz, who's so sweet. Oh, he, he's <laughs> so, great. I think he's, he's really so great. Sweet. Isn't it? it was yeah. Caitlin Anderson's first performance as Nessa Rose. Yeah, she did really well. And it was one of those moments where Wicked Witch of the East, I always forget that's there because it's not on the cast album. Um, and it's always, it got me and she belted for days. I mean, the whole company got Joe, who's just taken over as Bok, who was, was a cover before, who was brilliant. Um, yeah, I think it's Simon as Dr. Dillamond, who was really, you know, lovely and wonderful. Um, and we think Bok and Neza Rose are quite difficult parts, really, because they're sort of in the story, but then a lot of time they're not in the story. So they have to be quite well portrayed to stay connected to everything. So I think they did a great job. And then what about head Sophie Louise Dan? <laughs> I mean, she is just a force of nature she is i mean i said this before about i'm a sue kelvin i said this about but safely louise dan is starring in madam morrible the musical she (laughs) thinks it's a one-person show but make but i think that's important because she because that's how she is i mean that's that character yeah it's a madam morrible world and we're all just living in it exactly and that's how that's her headspace that's her mindset and um the character i mean I, i just felt every time she appeared um I just, I mean, the whole, the whole look um, and, you know, everything. I mean, that part was just written for Sophie Louise Dan. But we've mean, had some amazing you know, morables. I think, you know how you have these like shows of, like the Barricade Boys and you've got, is it the Dreamcoat Dreamers at the moment now, the Josephs who are touring and that's you fine. need, is that what they're like, called? I don't know. I think I've made up that name. But I think you've, got... you've made up that name. Someone's going to steal that now. But I think you need like a Madame Morable show called Call Me Morable. 
Um, and that you can have like Madame Morrible. You need a, a Morrible girl, you know, women yeah. group, like the, female yeah. kind Call of Call me Morrible. And you have like Sophie yeah. Dan, Miriam Margulies, Kim Ismay, Sue <laughs> Kelvin. They can all just go I'd on tour. I'd love to see it with Miriam Margulies. That would be amazing. <laughs> the OG Morrible. People don't realise that Miriam was the original West End Madame Morrible no. and then took it to Broadway as well. Um, but I feel like some of these iconic Morribles should come That's together. That's like a kind of girl group slash slightly more mature female group. They can, but, they can um, do that. Really They're need... Victoria for a Victoria for like a Sunday night or a can Monday evening. Can you imagine evening. that for like fun, yeah, fundraiser or something? That would just do be... it. Yeah, a night with Morrible. Um, a night you know, with Morribles a, in a, conversation with. Yeah, a sudden change in the weather. <laughs> <laughs> in the weather. No, I <laughs> thought like she Steve... was amazing. Yeah, she was you amazing. Know. She was amazing. Have I, yeah. is there anything that I've missed or any comment that you wanted to share that I haven't allowed you to share? How would you sum up your your kind of evening, Lisa? Well, I felt um, rather bl- sort of privileged to be alongside you as you relived your childhood experience. Um, and it's really made me think about it in what you said about how you've got, had an opportunity to see someone you saw as a child re- repeat a performance. That's very unusual to do that. And I I felt very blessed to sort of enjoy that with you and and to get to see these amazing actresses on a historic night, which will never be forgotten. That will always be that first night where those two took those roles and did that thing. They did the thing. Yeah. They, <laughs> they did the thing. Come on, Lisa. Um, I'm so on trend. Um, and, I yeah, I just felt it was a privilege, really. And I, I think... Um, Unlike you, which is like travesty to say on on your podcast, I didn't react to Wicked the first time I saw it in the way that you did. Oop, oops, the daisy. Could be the end of a beautiful friendship. But every time I've seen it, I've liked it more. Um, and uh, when I reviewed it in 2016, I gave it five stars. And I just, it, it's a real grower for me. While I didn't have that initial life-changing experience. A grower, not a shower. A grower, not a shower. And the more I see it, the more, you know, um, I love it. So um, may may it carry on and may those two, you know, actresses really will probably entertain and change lives at the same time as they carry on in those roles for however long they do it. Mm, proving that yeah, pink does go good with green. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was really beautiful to sort of be present for that night. And the oh, love in the room was, what? the love in the room was just, you know, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. difficult to miss it that's my hope i sincerely hope that they all felt the love and are feeling the love i hope they did that they're able to settle into it now and get into their stride with it it's hard to get past that first performance isn't it it's a lot but of they responsibility it. and anticipation there you know i've seen some amazing performances of wicked but that is truly up there as one of my personal highlights um and if that's what they're starting level is they're gonna yeah sky's the limit i know this, that's a quote it as reminds well. me of what a great school the sky's the limit I, the, <laughs> it's like oh we're so we're so we're on fire with such um, wingspan <laughs> no you're going too far now um, <laughs> um it reminds you what how strong a show it is and what a great score it is actually i forget what mm. you know because there are so many good songs in it and that are played that you hear outside of the show. But, but in context, you know, like Defying you know. Gravity is never as powerful as you see it in that context. No, no. Night. And then No Good Deeds, it's so hard to do in concerts and stuff. You just, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So 
Wicked is booking at the Apollo Victoria <laughs> three two. What's funny about that? Be, be professional all of a sudden. Because you went all serious and professional there. Not that you aren't serious and professional all the time, but you went Steady. into proper serious podcast mode then. <laughs> it's booking at the Apollo Victoria three two Sunday the seventh of January twenty twenty four. Um, I'm still on cloud nine. If I'm honest, I I yeah. can't fully. Really talk about it yeah <laughs> I thought I'd be ready a few days later but I'm not it was amazing there'll be um, another emergency podcast in in a couple of months time to just reflect on this one yeah. <laughs> and I'm so pleased that you were there we were two good friends thank you for inviting me two best friends sharing one wonderful um but no thank you thank you for doing this lisa remind everybody where they can stay up to date with musical theater review and you yes no do come and see us at um, musicaltheaterreview.com um on we're on twitter we're on instagram we're on facebook on youtube and yeah no do engage with us it's our 10th anniversary year so we're going to try and do a few different things we've done um a few giveaways and competitions we just put up today um competition for two to three tickets for um the choir of man and we've got um a certain musical that's opening next week um a classic musical that's got a lot of anticipation about it we've got a couple of tickets for that going in a few couple of weeks time oh. as well oh does that give you an idea there's gambling involved in the show oh so very excited to be giving some tickets away for that in a couple of weeks as well. So yeah, and we're going to be trying to sort of reflect on the last 10 years of Musical Theatre Review. But yeah, come, do engage with us. We try and cover musicals all across the country, Fringe, London, UK tours, everything so as best we can. So yeah. Amazing. You sold us the dream. Thank you, Lisa, as always. Thank um, you, Andrew. <laughs> and thank you for listening to this emergency episode of the West End Frame Show. You know the drill. Hit subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us an Apple podcast rating and review. We love hearing from you. So follow West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Oh, my gosh. He's joined TikTok. He's gone over to the dark side. Oh, that that <laughs> video of Wicked has gone like I'm, I'm like Western Frames TikTok famous. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't even know how to. It's all blown up. Can't. It's hilarious. I can't. I can't cope with. You I had to turn my notifications off because it was too much. Oh um, and check out our interviews podcast in the frame. There are some wickedly talented guests if you go through there. We're talking lots of Elfers, Nikki Bentley, Laura Pick, Lucy Jones, just a couple okay. of weeks ago, and I'll be back on Tuesday for a normal less wicked stagey catch up thank you lisa <laughs> thank you bye